You are live. Hey, hey. Hello. Good, Johnny. Hey, Scott. Episode number 13, we got Mr. Uh, John Eves coming up, friend and uh, partner of our very own Scott DeForest. So this should be exciting. Uh, Before we bring, he's backstage, we're going to bring him on. It's all going to be about him, but before that, we kind of catch everybody up with what we've been doing. Um, number one, I uh, found something interesting. Now, for anybody who's new, you can go back and look at the episode number. I don't know what it was, 10 or 11 maybe, for whenever we talked about the juvenile sighting we all had. At the happy place. Right, at the yep. happy place. So, quick rundown of that. Uh, Scott was sitting back at camp because him and I had already gone out earlier. Uh, me and Joe, we went out. I saw it. Then Joe, it walked in front of Joe. He saw it. Uh, we followed it out. Later on, we found out we had it on video or part of it on video when it was back in the, the tree line. Now, and then as we're walking back, Scott saw it come out of the tree line on all fours and then turn back in right before we got to the tree line or up to the pipeline. Well, we walked back to camp and we're all going crazy. Oh my God, I can't believe this happened. Blah, blah, blah. Well, when we're sitting there talking about everything, we're right in the middle, almost in the middle of the pipeline, the clearing for the pipeline. At the end of that clearing going in one direction, there is a big Creek that crosses over the pipeline, over the field. Well, as we're talking, I've got my thermal set up on a tripod and I'm trying to get it ready just in case something happens. Now, we got very unlucky and kind of lucky at the same time because I had sometimes, for whatever reason, with the Pulsar, when you try to erase the videos, when it's almost full, it won't erase all of them. I might have to go back in and do it over and over again. So apparently that's what happened. So I was out of memory, but I set it up. First, I set it up on the ground. You hear me talking. I'm going through the whole, the whole shebang. We're talking about everything that happened before you see everything moving around, uh, get done. Scott's like, Hey, why don't you put it up on the truck? So I move it and I put it up on the back of the truck. Well, there's about, I think I had four videos. They're five minutes a piece. Are they, are they four minutes? No, they're five minutes a piece. I had about 20 minutes worth of videos before it shut off because it was, it was filled up on memory, but it was pointing right in the perfect direction. Well, and we didn't realize it at the time. So 40 minutes go by. It's already quit recording 20 minutes ago. And then that's when we see it run out right in the middle of the pipeline, go straight across and then turn, go down the wood line, back towards the creek. Good to go. I knew we didn't get it on video, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We found the other video where it was in it. Well, I've been going back through everything. The very first video that I shot when I'm sitting everything up, I wasn't looking through the viewfinder. And I didn't have have the iPad uh, connected or anything. You know, I'm just trying to get it set up. 
I didn't really pay attention to that video because I knew it was going to be crap. Well, it looks to me like when I get it set up and it's looking down towards the creek, it looks like there is a Sasquatch or a head. It looks like it's down in the creek looking up like this. There it is. Joe's got the picture. So it's down there by the creek. You see its shoulders and you see its head. Can, Can you, you magnify that? No, this is the. Uh, I sent you two of them. Send yep. get, And this is the, the this is the second picture. There we go. Now you can see its eyes. It's on uh, white hot. The eyes are cooler when you. <clears throat> I'm going to do a video about this later and really get into detail because something else happens too. But you can even see the hairline where it's black because it's cooler. Now, that is not proof that Sasquatch exists, but I guarantee you, I would bet a lot of money that that's what is going on right there. And I didn't realize it because I'm messing around with the camera or whatever. Now, the interesting part is on the next video, which we don't, I'll, I'll do it all later. Right there at the creek, again, there is a hot object and it is perfectly flat. You can only see the very top of it. There's nothing sticking up. It's like a board, and it goes across, and it stops, and then it starts moving again. I think, because of this, I think what happened is after our inter, uh, interaction with this thing in the woods and after seeing it, it went back in, or it had another one with it, went down to the creek, crossed over, is looking at us. It eventually goes to the other side and that on all fours, and that's where you see it. I'll, I'll show everybody later that flat, flat white object. It almost it is so flat it almost looks like a board. But you see it, and it crosses to the other side, and then I don't know. Twenty minutes later is when it the one that we saw runs across on all fours, hits the other wood line, runs towards the creek and goes into that wood line right where this guy is sitting right there. That's the direction that he went on the same side. So I think this is one that was either with it or the one that actually ran across but I didn't realize any of this. Most of it, I was looking at it on my phone and you can't really see very well. Like I said, I ignored the first video because it was so terrible, but I'll make a video explaining all that. But anyway, I think that's what that is. You know, there's no way I'm not going to say, Hey, look guys, Sasquatch exists because look, I got a picture of it. I know that I know it's not that great, but I, I would bet a lot of money that that's what that is, that it's down there looking right at us and it doesn't move. It moves a little bit, but it does not move like a deer or a pig or anything else. It's just staring is what it looks like. But anyway, that was, <clears throat> I thought that was interesting. Scott, you want to tell everybody a little bit about what happened at the happy place last time? On the, at, at the point where you came out, um, you had called me and told me to watch the field. And so I, I was, and no, no, I'm what, talking which, about, uh, which time? When me, you, and Hank went out here this last time. 
<clears throat> uh, lots of wildlife. We um, we saw deer everywhere. We saw hog everywhere. Uh, we had some noises. Everything to the east direction from where we camped. Um, the next day, we set out and did a long, long walk, big circle around the area in the direction that we heard a lot of stuff uh, and got over there. We heard some tree breaking or falling. Um, it sounded like something was busting through the brush at night. Uh, we found a trail with uh, freshly broken, probably one and a half inch diameter, uh, little trees pushed over and broke. With a, It was a, looked like a pretty active trail. Um, again, following the line of the hogs and the deers and all that all through there. Uh, but hogs and deers don't do that. Um, and it looked pretty fresh in the direction that we heard all those noises that night. Um, we moved through on down this fire trail, seeing game everywhere. Uh, one of the things that I noted was we were finding and I found these in North Georgia before numerous times, but these rocks that are laying in the trail and then and in the paths, 25 yards apart, something like that, just laying there and you lift them up and they haven't been there that long and then they're out of place. Um, found a footprint or two, not, not castable. The ground was too wet where, where we found them down in the creek bed. Um, moved guys, on through. You found numerous tracks. On the first yeah. day, didn't you? Oh, oh yeah. I found tracks. Uh, on the first day, I found a, a trail line of four or five through the brush. And that was uh, Hank and I. And we filmed and took a few pictures. I sent everything to you. And right. uh, we moved on through um, in the direction that we had not investigated yet. And uh, very curious area. There's a whole lot more terrain to, to investigate out there where we are um that was first day uh back to that second day we got around to a spot where uh, there was a there was a mound of dirt and i'll let johnny explain what he found it was incredible and we ended up get, making it a gift site if i'm not mistaken but go ahead johnny yeah uh the main thing i was concerned with we were all concerned with it that we you know there was uh the property owner had a timber company out there cutting. Now he cut some shooting lanes and then he also, you know, they just cut some other stuff down. So we were concerned that it was going to run them off. But then again, they've been there. We know they've been there over 30 years, but oh, yeah. going back, we really, <clears throat> we were really, really hoping that we were going to find, you know, cause for all we know, they'll leave for a year when something like that happens, but it does not, by what we experienced, what we heard, and the evidence we found, they're still there. But yeah, like somebody, Scott said, somebody's still there for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. But like Scott said, we on that second day we're walking back, and we leave the creek area, and I don't know, to maybe 25, 30 feet away from the creek that's almost dried up. There, there is a mound of dirt that is. It's right where, uh, it's all root ball, basically. And there looks like a little hole that's dug in that dirt. Sitting perfectly on that mound of dirt 
was a beautiful arrowhead. The only thing it's missing is like the very tip. And it's just sitting there, not like it was. I mean, technically, I guess maybe an animal could have been digging in there and dug it out. And then the squirrel said, man, I love arrowheads. Let me clean this thing off and lay it down for later. That could have happened. But (laughs) I don't know how it was so perfectly clean on both sides and just laying there. I mean, it was it was strange. You know, it could be nothing. Uh, could be coincidence, I guess. But it was it was really cool. So I got it. I put, you know, we I put together just a small video of all the stuff we found out there and put it online. But uh, like Scott said, we went back. Scott had brought some gifting things. Uh, put some glass beaded bracelets out there. I think I put three of them out there and a balloon. We didn't go crazy. I didn't put any food or anything like that. I'm just more interested to see if, you know, who knows? Maybe it was, uh, maybe it was put there intentionally. Maybe not. But I guess, you know, something. Nobody goes out there. So if if something's missing or something's left, then we know to look further in that direction. But I thought it was very interesting. It's a it's a good start to the gifting part, uh, process. Yeah, um, definitely. If we, if we get some interaction with that, then maybe we'll add peanut butter or something like that and uh, change hey, it up a little bit. Yeah, Johnny, I got to ask, uh, were these California compliant balloons? Uh, no, they're, they're Georgia balloons. They are guaranteed to specifically kill seagulls. Yeah. Really? That's what it says on the package. Yes. Man. Hopefully a seagull doesn't fly that far inland. Uh, no. We, uh, you Sorry. know, he, he's joking because we did have a, we had a lady that, you know, brought up the fact that uh, balloons are not good for some animals. And, you know, it's, that is understandable. All of us love nature. We don't litter or do stuff like that. But the reality of it is that it does not matter what we leave. Someone is not going to like it, you know, whether it's, but you got to try something, you know, if it's, if it's still there, when we'll go back, we'll definitely pick the balloon up and take it back with us. But, you know, we got to try, you got to try. So you left uh, the peanut butter out there, right? Yeah, you talking about the peanut butter I put in the bear trap with the landmine? <laughs> the one you put in the tree yeah. down there. Yeah, I yeah mean, the uh, one that I screwed onto the tree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously, I mean, uh what what brand peanut butter was that? Oh man, I don't know. It's probably the cheapest thing I could get a hold of. But I know the the jar wasn't biodegradable, so it might have affected the tree. I'm sorry, it might have happened. So. <laughs> nah, you know, it just hey, you know, didn't know if the forest creatures are uh, fond of one particular brand, uh, you know, Jif uh, with nuts or without, you know. <laughs> you know, the they weird thing have. about that is, man, they, uh, I've left peanut, I've only left peanut butter a handful of times, four or five times. One time, it was two days after I left it. The one that was on the side of the tree that was screwed in by the top, mm-hmm. dude, that thing was out there for like six months before anything touched it. And then one day it just up and disappeared. So, I mean, I'm sure raccoons are smart enough, maybe, I guess, to to pull that off. But something took it for sure. But, 
Yeah, so, so, well, we, we did have a Facebook user said that they had a suggestion about what to leave and how. Maybe they'll they'll be willing to share that with us, you know? Yeah. Uh, Red pill or blue pill? I don't know. Just uh, if you want to, just make Comment. a post. Yeah. Make a post in the group, and we'll yep. look it over, share it with everybody. But we appreciate the suggestions. Yeah. We're if if you can't tell, I'm kind of in a hurry myself. We we wanted to. Uh, we probably should have done this in two parts, but I kind of wanted to catch everybody up with what we're doing before we got John on. But if you yeah. want, you guys ready to bring John? Yeah, yeah. So Scott, you want to introduce John, and we'll. Uh, he he's sitting there. Um, you know, uh, looks like he's he's ready. So go ahead and uh, do uh, introduce him there, Scott. You know. All right. So everybody here tonight, I'm uh, pleased to introduce John Eves, uh, one of the people who. Uh, has been teaching me and got me really started in investigating, um, going out and investigating uh, Bigfoot. Uh, I met him on my very first trip. It was a BFRO expedition. Um, he took me out the first night, and the first night I had a sighting. Red eyes blinking at me, um, and where, where it's were been... This was in uh, North Georgia. Oh, okay. This was in this was in North Georgia, um, and since that time, back in 2019, uh, I've been all over the South, uh, a lot with John, uh, and with other friends, and now with this group as well, Sasquatch Encounter Brigade, uh, all over the place. And John has been uh, an investigator in this. Uh, I don't know how many, 11, 12 years now. Um, but this is John like Eves right here. Yeah, he's, he's been at it. He's big in audio. Um, got great clips, good photos. Uh, he has a plethora of information. Um, uh, and we're about to hear some of the highlights <laughs> tonight. Um, anything you, you would like to say starting out, John? Uh. This can start you down the rabbit hole. That's all I can say. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. That is for uh, sure. I know that um, we've been North Georgia, Alabama, North Carolina, Tennessee, all over Tennessee, a, a good bit of Tennessee. Um, South Carolina, I know, um, hunting and He's got a he's got a nose for Sasquatch, and they know him. That's the best way I can describe it. It's uh, if if you go hunting with John, you're gonna have activity. So um, he's, a, they're gonna, he's a Sasquatch magnet, huh? He is a Sasquatch magnet, and and I mean that in every positive sense of the word. As it's far a as bear, Scott. It's always a bear. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's what everybody who doesn't believe always says, but I can guarantee you they're not. So, how, uh, how did you get started in all this? What sent you down this road, John? Um, back in nineteen ninety three, I was fishing with some buddies in North Georgia, and uh, two of us decided to go on up the river ways our thinking was the further we go the bigger the fish got to a point got on a road bed started walking uh, came to a point where we couldn't go any further 
And we're sitting there talking, heard a thud behind us and didn't pay no attention to it. It had been raining all day. Turned around and started back and we had to step across a log the size of a tire that was not there. We made it another 10 feet and we heard something to our left and we both looked at one another and we looked to the left and there it was standing right there, maybe 15, 20 feet from us, nine foot tall, maybe 10 foot, four foot across the shoulders. I sent y'all a sketch that Sibylla did of my original sighting. Yeah, Joe, um, <clears throat> Joe just got kicked off. There he is. Yeah, uh, just in the background trying to. Oh, okay. Do some you want to pull that up, Joe? Show everybody what he saw. <sighs> yeah. Why you do that, John? Who who can you tell us who Sibylla is? So they'll know out there. Um, she is a sketch artist for the BFRO. And she also does it privately, and she goes around and sketch, sketches what people saw as far as Bigfoot and some of the other cryptids. There you go. Boy, he's and, he was a big boy, huh, John? He was huge. I'll never forget his eyes, looking into his eyes, and he looked like a human in the face. Uh soon as my buddy and I looked at each other and saw it, we ran, we left. Uh, I didn't go back to that area for probably 10 years. Uh, <clears throat> um, until a buddy of mine named Chris uh, wanted to fill out a report on my sighting for GCBRO, I believe. Mm -hmm. And we met up with some guys that were part of them took them up in there while we were up in there we had rocks the size of bowling balls thrown at us like coming through the treetops and so i this, thought this is the first time you just you went looking for them then huh right okay. and i thought hey these are bigfoot hunter kind of people they shouldn't run well their first instinct was get the hell out of there as we were walking up the trail towards the vehicles I guess it had followed us so far. It let out a roar. It sounded like a lion roaring, but you could feel it in your chest. And when that happened, those two investigators about knocked Chris and I over, passing us on the trail, running to their truck. <laughs> that was yeah. it. Uh, and then um, a mutual friend of Chris named Matt got in touch with me. Wanted to fill out a report for the BFRO. He did that. Um, and then I regret it, but the TV show Finding Bigfoot contacted me and wanted me to come on their show and tell my story. I did that. And maybe uh, six months later, a year later, Matt invited me on an expedition. And I came there, and that's where I met Glenn Williams. And it just started downhill from there. Glenn and I. <laughs> uh, you guys haven't met Glenn, but he's another one of our uh, group that we call we call the gnomes, and he's um, he's an investigator with BFRO as well. He's down in Mississippi, uh, and he's a good guy. So he, he got a lot of knowledge, and I yes. think him and him and John roamed the mountains for a long time together. Yeah. 
So you just, uh, you sound like kind of like I did, just got absolutely infatuated with them, huh? Yes. It, I started going off, Glenn and I go once a month somewhere. Uh, started going to different BFRO expeditions, private expeditions. Um, then it got to the point where I was going by myself, staying three or four nights a week in one of my hot spots. And it just, it just progressed. And Scott will vouch for this. And some of the nomies will say this, you get us all together, just throw everything out the window because you never know what's going to happen, what you're going to see. But you're going to see it. It's going to happen. Gonna happen. If you get all of us together, something's going to happen. Yep. So this is, uh, the, uh, th- this is the same group of friends that you have been talking about going to North Carolina with, right? Uh, some of the guy, well, John used to live in Georgia. He now lives with his wife in North Carolina, and he has a hot spot up there. And so – uh, me and uh, two couple other of, a, of our group uh, have started going up there once a year. Now it's gotten to be a little bit bigger, but um, we start going up there once a year. And surprise, surprise, we have activity up there. Um, <laughs> That's an understatement. But, oh, my gosh. But uh, before we get to that story, um, going back to the North Georgia area where you did a lot of your every weekend, a lot of solo investigating, um, something happened with the rock. Is that right? Yeah. We were up so, there. It, there was several of us and I took a rock and Joe's got the picture of the rock. Um, I threw it off the side of the mountain and yelled out, here you go, you hairy bastards. Here's you something to play with. We got done. And this is at 10, 11 o'clock at night. Went back to camp. Ate some, drunk a little bit, went to bed. Woke up the next morning. And the rock is sitting next to my tent, next to a tree. What? The rock was not there before because we were stringing tarps up and walking, had a cooler sitting there in that spot, standing on it to tie rope to a tree. (laughs) That's crazy. Uh, Joe texted me and said he was having a a problem with the, uh, I don't know, the audios or pictures or whatever. So he, He's working on that, and I just dropped my face off there to open up some bandwidth. So whenever he gets back, we'll show the pictures. But continue on. Um, And that began my quest in that area. And anywhere I go now, I call them hairy bastards. (laughs) I've got audio responses from, I'll yell out, you hairy bastards, I'm here. I'll get a would not response. Multiple, multiple occasions. I've had responses anywhere I go a lot of times when I yell out hairy bastards. Um, I hate going into the woo kind of stuff, but it almost makes, and Scott might agree with me, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder if they do have some kind of collective mindset. Well, they, they, definitely, they definitely have a connection with you from some sort of way, because wherever you go, 
And I've been with you in Alabama. I've been with you in Tennessee. I've been with you in North Carolina, Georgia. Um, you throw that line out. We hang out. We're out there, and you, we get activity. Uh, you 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 claim that you used to claim that activity on the weekends when you go up there by yourself in North Georgia, and um, then other people would go with you. You do the same thing you did when you were by yourself, and lo and behold, you get the activity. There it is. I mean. Yeah. There's no doubt in it. There's no doubt in it. Well, uh, I kinda, I'm, dude, I'm right there on the fence with you. I I try to stay as physical when it comes to evidence as possible, but I tell you, it gets very difficult sometimes, especially hearing people's experiences, people that I trust, you know, that that I know are not, they're just not lying to me. And yeah then you just got these weird things that happen. How do you explain that? I do not know. I don't claim to, but I tell you, I've got a very open mind when it comes to that stuff. And I believe, I mean, you're not the first one. It seems like sometimes some of us, our luck is just a little too good to be reasonable. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just as few people actually see these things or interact with them. And then to have people that are looking for them, have something happen. It's just very weird, man. Well, the woo, that woo stuff, I'm not going to sit here and say what is real and what is not real. Uh, I can only tell you what I've experienced and seen. John can do the same thing. He's going to, um, but I'm not going to be a denier to anybody when they say that they've experienced stuff or seen stuff. They experienced it and they've seen it. Right. Who am I to deny that? I can tell you what I have and what I know, what I've seen, and what I have learned from our group, which is a lot. So. I will say one thing. <clears throat> Y'all need to start looking up. Yeah. I had something happen in broad daylight, what, about two, three months ago, Scott? Yeah. Y'all need yeah. to start looking up. If you yeah. wonder why the trackway disappears and you're in the woods, look up. I've had something like that happen myself, man. I, I was looking in an area to where I think I got video of them behind me. I went back to check measurements and stuff. I walk up. There's a rock stack. I stop to look at it, and something very, very large jumps out of a tree and hits the ground. And this is during the day. So I I believe you one hundred percent. I saw well, one. Well while we're wait waiting on the uh the audios to pop up, can you tell them what happened in North Carolina? As far uh, as the a little bit of it if you want to. Uh which which part? <laughs> well well the first one, when you first realized where they were, brought you to start looking up more. Oh, the what just happened? I was out riding in an area that I've come across that, and it's kind of weird. There's some great campsites, but the locals won't go up in there. Okay, and something just caught my eye, and I looked up and I saw one go across the road from a tree, land on a tree about thirty feet up, look at me, and then jump down the side of the mountain towards another tree. Good lord. And this, did you say this is broad daylight? Broad daylight. Um, What was it it like to see it do that? 
Uh, I was ready to just give it up. Yeah, he made some, he made some phone calls to some of us and was a little <laughs> bit was shocked was in shock a little bit. And I don't blame him. So what, that's what an was, amazing thing to see. What was so shocking? The just the I can imagine if I'm guessing here, just the ability to do it so grace of, gracefully. Yeah, and to just like it's nothing. Yeah, it. it, it I still see it in my mind. It and it looked straight at me eye to eye we were probably 45 50 feet jeez and it Did just it... looked at me and then went around the tree a little bit and jumped down the, and I lost sight of it it was did it make any noise when it was doing it no it was just silent just silent oh, but man. that when I saw that and then I got to thinking everybody says these trackways that disappear especially in the woods, they're going up. Yeah. I mean, I've heard reports of them being up, but not a big one. This one was probably eight foot, nine foot, seven, 800 pounds. <laughs> Jesus, man. It, well, how, it, big, how big around was the tree that it jumped? Tree to was two foot. Two foot, two foot in diameter. Yeah. Yeah, so it was big enough to handle them. Oh yeah, but that but it, it didn't. Now, when it grabbed, kind of explain what it physically what it did. Like, did it grab with its arms first and then hit with its it, feet, it or what literally, happened? You ever watch a um somebody climb a like a pole climber? Yeah, how they got their feet sort of grabbing left uh -huh. and right, and they got their hands holding on. Right, that's how I saw it land. And it just turned and looked straight at me and then did that number and went off the side down the mountain. Sure. Well, if, well if, we, if we maintain some of the, the theory on what they are, if they're uh, some, some blend or offshoot between human and, and ape, then it wouldn't make sense for them to have that ability to go up and do that. No. There's probably groups or organizations out there that have probably already thought of this, you know, and but here we are confronting it. Not that we hadn't probably realized it, but now the emphasis is if we're tracking one or we hear one, look up as well. It just makes sense. Right. It, it's, it, it really opened my eyes um, <clears throat> on their capability. I've seen them. I've seen them run. I uh, had one break cover in North Georgia and it looked like a cartoon. It was moving so fast up the mountainside. Mm. Man. Well, um, that's the one we saw go across that field on all fours was, uh, that was amazing. It's and it's, we try to explain this to people that like the, the whole, Unfortunately, the Patty film and the Freeman film kind of give people the wrong impression of a big lumbering thing nope. out in the open that's just walking and that just hides really good. That's not these things are the the amount of speed that they have when they do anything and their ability to hide in 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 daylight no more than 40, 50 feet away and for you to not know. It is a little unsettling. Well, you know what I always 
And there, Joe's got the picture of the rock up. There he goes. So now this, this is the one. This is the one to where you tell us threw it, real quick again. Yeah, I threw it off the side of the mountain and yelled out, "Here you go, you hairy bastards! Here's something to play with." And next morning, that rock was right there. We took the rock up there. It matched the spot where I pulled it semi out of the ground. And that actually began my gifting and experiences in that location big time. So um, you've, you've, had a, you've had a lot of – have you had success with the gifting in this area? That's an understatement. I've probably got, I'd say, close to 100 different rocks. Um, I wrote names on tennis balls and threw them off the same mountain and all but two, uh, there was seven, I think all but two came back to me in that campsite laid on the picnic table. Dude, that's crazy. Um, when COVID hit, I wasn't able to go up there for like a month because they literally closed the road. First time I went back, I went down the trail to one of my gifting spots, came back, heard giggling and there was a rock about the same size as that one sitting on the hood of my car. Now, when you say giggling, what did it sound like? Did it sound like children or did it sound like like children giggling? Really? And that whole, that area up there, um, it's a hot spot. Uh, I got to the point where, well, like that one time when I first met Scott and we were up there, uh, I left the audio Mm -hmm. running and we all went to eat, played the audio back probably a week later. And it was very interesting what was found on the audio. Um, And we've tried debunking it and cannot match it to nothing else. I've uh, got to the point where they would come up in broad daylight, right at the tree line. And y'all have got a picture of that that Eddie and I got one time went up there. Many times at night, I would be sitting around the fire and uh, feel a little pebble hit me in the chest and look up. And there'd be one with this. You'd see his red eyes at the edge of the woods. I've uh, been woke up in my hammock with one rubbing my head. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, yeah, I was up there another night sitting around the fire, watching YouTube videos, just chilling like I always do. And I felt something on my left shoulder and looked over and there was a huge hand. And I said, what the F? And looked up and caught his ass in, taking off. Uh I sat there one night and played rock toss with one. You could hear him running up the road because my little spot was next to the road. And every time he'd run by, a rock would come rolling into camp. So I grabbed a handful of rocks, and every time he came, I'd throw a rock back. And that went on for an hour, hour and a half. Uh, They would leave feathers, take stuff of mine, and leave a turkey feather. Uh... Didn't they take your tackle box one time? Yeah, hairy bastard. I had a um, (laughs) fly box I was making 
putting together for small stream fishing and uh i had to take a dump so i ran up the road threw it in my chair came back my fly box was gone but there was a turkey feather laying there <laughs> that's not a very good trade man and no, that's what I yelled out. That was not a fair trade, not good trade. But you know, to them, but to them, they don't know that they don't apparently don't know the difference. You know, they don't. Um, a buddy of ours, Eddie, was up there one night, and he was joking around, yelling out, "You know, if there's a squatch up here that's John's girlfriend's squatch, um, I'm single. Come visit me tonight." Well, that night, one came to visit pushed in on his little cot tent and you heard Eddie scream and then it screamed back. <laughs> but it, it was, it's just a, it, that whole experience up there is good. And like I said, I guess Joe's back cause he's popping yep. some of the things he can play that one audio where it, um, I got the, so can you, yeah. Can you explain the audio where it, says says what it says is that the one you're gonna play now yeah um we went all into town to eat and I, i'm big on audio i leave a recorder going 24 7 when i'm up there <clears throat> and came back and i had probably went over the audio a week later and i thought it was wood knocks because that's what it looked like on audacity and i'm like damn i got two good wood knocks so i went to play them and it was not wood knocks you could clearly hear something walk into camp say something twice and walk out and this is the audio That's crazy. It, it called your name out twice. Yep. Yes. And it sound the sad part is it really sounds like George, but the audacity print that it left does not match George, me, Michael, uh, several of us just said my name twice. And on the audacity, ours looked like little, looks like a, a bunch of V's stacked on one another and that's more flat and even zoomed in you cannot you know tell the difference or you can tell the difference but you can't it's just there's it doesn't no match it, it doesn't match the human voices that tried to mimic it <clears throat> yeah and yeah, at first I thought paranormal, but then if you listen to that audio closely, you clearly hear the footsteps come in. You hear it say that, and it leaves. Do you ever get uh, 
like a popping noise that you don't hear in person but shows up on the audio? Yes, uh, especially up there, our spot in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> it's all over the audio. In fact, my wife and I will be going through the audio, and we're like, oh, there it is again. There it is again. And we never hear it. We're 20 feet from the recorder, 30 feet from the recorder. Right. All right. That one, it's hard to see on the phone, but that looks like one of us. Um, You can see the V's in it. Next Uh, one. John, explain to people who have no idea what this is. Kind of explain a little bit what they're doing. This is Audacity. This is what we run the audio through so it's visual. And instead of listening to 60 hours of audio, you just scroll through looking for something different. It takes when you when you do it enough, when you do it enough, as John has, you can look at those that line down the middle and all those peaks and those valleys and all that. And you can tell what's out of place. What's what doesn't look right. Uh, I'm pretty sure I can, like I said, it's hard to see on my phone because, but I'm pretty sure that's the one where it said my name. But if you could compare, if you actually get it where you can look at the photos, you can see the difference between it and the other three. That's a person. So much wider, much wider. Yes. Huh. See the difference? Yeah. And then there's two zoomed in pictures of it. That's another person. You see the difference. You see the little V's. Looks like a fish graph with a bunch of fish stacked on top of one another. Mm-hmm. So there's now which one's human? The one on the bottom or top? No, that that's left and right. Oh, okay. Never mind. But that's human. Right. I don't know who, which one of us it was, but that's human. That's it zoomed in. Hmm. Yeah, that's the reason why I was asking about the popping noises is the first night that Scott, me, and Happy stayed out there at our spot. You know, we got uh, a rock throw recorded and some other audio, but after listening to it, there is a constant, like every couple minutes, just a pop just a, almost yeah almost like, like a i can't really do it but uh almost like a clack with your mouth exactly and i never i didn't hear it one time but it is all over that recording it's almost like it's standing right in front of it doing it yeah i've got it hundreds and hundreds of times it's like <laughs> wife and i can spot it left and right when we're doing the audio what do you think that is? I think it's just them doing. That's another picture of a human. Um, I think it's them doing that mouth, but real light where we cannot comprehend with our own ears what what it is. Right. Maybe it's too low of a pitch or something for us to pick up. Yeah. So out of everything that you've experienced or seen, it was the tree incident like the most shocking to you? 
No. No. What was? Uh. I don't know whether it'd be getting woke up or the one putting its hand on my shoulder. <laughs> I think that would probably be mine. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's weird, and I've told. And <clears throat> all right, here is this is the same area as the audio, and this is my spot where I I got touched on the head and put one foot on my shoulder. They would come up in broad daylight this close if I was there. And that picture doesn't do it justice, but if you if it's on a computer, you see it. But there's also a zoomed-in version of that. There's the zoomed-in version. That's maybe twenty feet. Now, why do you think they're not showing up clearly? You think it's just the hair? I think it is. And what I tell a lot of people. Have you ever deer hunted? And they'll say, yeah. I said, well, how many times have you been in open woods watching and all of a sudden there's a 10-point buck 20 yards in front of you. You never saw him come. You never heard him come. You look down to take your gun off safety and look up and he's gone. Yeah. Same difference. They just blend in so well. I think it has to do with their hair. Yeah. Um. They... I think that's why it's hard to catch them on a fleer. I think it has something to do with their hair. I don't know if it's the dirt in their hair. I don't know if it's the consistency of it, but they, they blend in. You just have to pay attention and look. And I've probably got, I don't know, maybe a dozen photos where I've just acted like I was on my cell phone and took a picture. And Lord and behold, guess what was there? Yeah. Um, up there, that area, they, it was weird and people think I'm crazy, but I felt safe up there. I was up there by myself and I literally had the feeling if somebody came and messed with me, they would have a bad day. I had well, they, one. They're obviously used to you. I had one and Steve and I finally found it. When I'd wake up in the mornings, I'd hear almost like a cartoon snoring that. Laying <laughs> in my hammock, I never could see it, never could see it by the time I got up and stopped and it's gone. But we finally found a spot where something big had been laying. And this happened numerous, numerous times. Um, I took my wife up there for the first time to that area and she kept saying, there's something jumping across the ground. And what it was, it was rocks being thrown into camp. Little rocks. Not thrown high, just sort of tossed along the ground. And she also heard speaking in the same voice of the one that said my name. And, of course, she didn't sleep good that night because all night she could hear them and I could hear them too. They just kept walking around the edge of camp. Right. Well, <clears throat> we have uh, I don't know if there's another picture after this one, but um, we have an audio clip yes. from uh, from uh, 
our time and our first one of our first trips in North Carolina. Absolutely amazing what occurred. I was there. There was uh, another John there. Eddie uh, was another guy there. They're all in our little uh, known group. And John, uh, the four of us, and we're sitting up there at night, and I'll let John explain it, and then Joe can put it on, and you can believe what we're telling you. The audio does not do it justice. We're sitting in a spot, and it's relatively flat, and if you're facing downhill to our right, the mountain goes up, what, Scott, maybe a 45-degree angle? Oh, yeah. A hundred yards. Easy. <clears throat> we heard, and I call it a sick out. Um, and then uh, I think it was Scott or somebody, if it was, oh, that sucked, you do better. Well, it did it again. And we, this went on, the audio clip's only a few minutes, but it went on for like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Us cheering it on, and it, uh, mimicking it out. And the funny thing was, it wasn't up in the trees. It was on the ground level. Hmm. It was, um, it was probably no more than about a hundred, hundred or so feet away from us. And it was through that mountain laurel brush. You can't see through a thermal won't work on it. And, uh, an, an owl went off. And I don't remember if it was me or who it was. One of us said, that sucks. Do it again. That, was, that wasn't really good because it didn't sound right. And it did it again. So then we kind of went, yeah, that was pretty good. Come on, do it again. Do it again. And that, that's what he's saying. This, this went on 30, 40 minutes yeah. um, where we would cheer it. And owls don't hang around in one place like that forever. And it stayed, it continued from the very same spot that whole time. So it was incredible, an incredible experience. Before, earlier in that night was when yeah. <coughs> um, the tree moved right before a car came. Mm -hmm. And just happened to be looking up and there was one peeking out from behind the tree at us. Yep. But that, and, that that whole spot, and they like to throw rocks, not big, but you know, just gravel-sized rocks, and it can be into the hundreds of rocks coming in a night. And also, before the owl began, we were all sitting around the fire, facing each other, but watching each other's backs and talking. And a rock comes into the campground. If you remember, it hits the big oak tree. Yeah. <laughs> and we said that you could do, certainly you can do better than that. And it wasn't a few moments later, another one came in and Eddie had a, one of those square Fiji water bottles sitting by his chair and it hit the water bottle and knocked it over. And it wasn't long <laughs> after that and the owl started. So the, they, they have uh, interacted with us every time we've been up there and you don't even have to leave the campsite. No. They come to us. Man, that's that's an amazing spot to have. You literally, you just sit, build a fire, sit there, talk, but pay attention. Yep. Now, how that's, exactly, where, how that's where I got my thermal hit. That's where I got my thermal hit, Johnny. Oh, uh, the one you sent me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 
how how exactly did you find this? You may already said it. This one particular spot. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, I went on a BFRO expedition in 2012 with Glenn Williams up there, and Scott and I and John and Eddie decided we were going to go up there and Scott got up there first and he was looking for spots. And then I met him up there and I lived in Georgia at the time and we chose that spot and it just, it felt right. And yeah, that was, that is like ground zero up there. They, they, they know us, I think by voice, (laughs) As soon as we arrive, because it's usually that first night we get a lot of good stuff, you know, the, maybe the second night, but there's something going on every night, but they know when we arrive. Well, that's pretty amazing to have a spot like that. Uh, you guys uh, want to hear it? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. All righty. This, uh, this is the audio clip you sent. We choked on that last note, buddy. Better. That was better. That was pretty good. Hey, good job. The second one was better. Second one was better. Don't try so hard. Let it come natural. goes on and on and on and on we cheer just like you heard us and back and forth it um, never moved from where it was it was not nope. up in the trees it was on the ground yep right up that hill that's pretty good man that's crazy guys and- now, i've always had my opinion on on what what Bigfoot's it might have been, and it's kind of backed up by an incident that occurred. And I'll say mine, John can say his as well, but I, I think that it, we have become so comfortable up there with the Bigfoot clan or group or whatever in that area 
that they allowed their their juveniles or young ones to come up and interact with us. Maybe they said the older one set off in the distance just to keep an eye on them just in case. Yeah. Um, I, I believe that they were trying their little game because every time we've went there, they've tried to get closer and closer and sneak up on us and that kind of thing. And yes. I can't remember if it was this trip that night or another night, but we were sitting around that fire and not John here with us, but John, another John with us. He's from Florida. Um, looks and sees two red eyes peeking underneath the tailgate of my truck at us. And I, I threw the thermal over in that direction and we all moved that way and it ran across the gravel road into the woods. And so we're all looking around for it and I finally, I pick it out on the thermal and Eddie <laughs> walks in the woods while I while I keep the thermal on it and he steps into the woods and puts a white light on and has a class A, if you will, visual of this little, what do you say, about four foot tall, little short, little jet black, um, black eyes, little fella standing there, and he dropped down onto the ground and squirmed off into the woods, and we couldn't get go through that brush. At that point, that was when John went downhill, I went uphill. Yep. yep. And when that hairy bastard came across the road, he was a little smaller than me and I'm six, two. He ran across the road in front of me about five feet in front of me and just made it in two bounds. He came up onto the road with one bound. And then the second bound, he was up the other side of the road. Um, we've seen, and I, I think Scott, Scott's right. Cause we found some 22, 24 inch tracks up there. Yeah, They weren't castable, but you knew what they were when you saw them. I think they send them down to play with us. We've seen them uh, that trip, and Eddie threw, I know Eddie threw 200 rocks into the woods. Mm -hmm. And, of course, when everybody went to bed, Scott slept in his truck. Eddie slept right. in his. That's right. John and I, I was in my hammock, and John was in his tent. Um, every rock that went out came back in that night. That's crazy. <laughs> um, I got woke up. I felt like someone was watching me and I woke up and looked and there was one about five foot tall standing over my hammock, just staring at me. Um, okay. and this all happens right there in our campground in our hot spot up there. Uh, last, yeah. I mean, it, it does. Last time we were up there, there's what? 20-something people sitting around the fire? Yeah, we had a, like I was telling you, we had a, a small group that started, but we've got a larger group now of people that go up and sit around the fire with us. And we got, it was like rain. And some of it was acorns. All right, but you could watch the rocks and you could tell by the sound going through the trees what, what was coming in and you know, what was a, what was a acorn falling <laughs> or like my wife went to pee and had the, <laughs> that was funny. Wasn't it Scott? Yes, sir. <laughs> she comes yelling, that wasn't me or something like that. They threw a rock at her, but, um, that spot, like the last time we were up there, 
we just start paying attention. And if you're facing downhill off to the left, there were red eyes watching us. And we eased over there and found it on the FLIR and sent, at one time, sent the girls into the woods, sent John into the woods. And each time somebody went in, it would move away. And as soon as they come out, it'd come back to that same spot. Look, we found a, a, a disturbed area and then um, possible possible print. This is all at night in that general area, but to that night when that was going on, you yeah. know, and so you get like 20 people around a fire, it gets loud. So that just enables them to sneak up a little closer. And we let them. I mean, we right there in that campground. We let them. It's not a big deal up there. Right. Dude, that's crazy to have that many people and then still have that much activity. Well, the, wow. the, it was funny, and they they were wanting activity so bad, but they were too busy talking and not paying attention. And if you're ever squatching with me, and I all of a sudden get up and beeline towards a spot. Better go. You better go with me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing it just to go wander and check something out. I saw something <clears throat> and you need to go. Right. If you see, if you were walking a trail and all of a sudden I take off up the side of the mountain or down the side of the mountain, your ass better be right on my heels. Cause I'm going after something, man. That's, that's something else to have a spot like that. That's, that's pretty much my dream. <laughs> I would <laughs> I'd quit my job and move there. <laughs> Living and it, it, it's funny, you know, <clears throat> first time we went there, it was a three hour drive for me. And now it's a hour drive. I live up here in the mountains. So you moved closer, huh? Yeah. Intentionally. <laughs> um, and not to backtrack, but uh, Scott was with me on this one. Remember when me, you and Betts were walking down the trail and the hand went in front of our face. Bets oh, yeah. Headlamps. Oh, yeah. Scott told me about that one. Oh, yeah. And Bets was fixing to cuss us out, thinking it was one of us. And then it went across my headlamp. And it didn't do Scott's, but he saw the light interruption from it. So, was it – so, you're walking down a trail. Now, was it just shoulder out which, from the side and doing it? Yeah, we were walking shoulder to shoulder. I was on the left. I guess John was in the middle and Bess was, was the on the right. Okay. Bess was in the middle. I was on the right. And the best thing I can figure is it reached, either came up behind us and reached over and did this number across my face and Bet's or Bet's face first and then mine. But it's... It, it blotted their head, headlamps out and mine didn't. And like I was uh, described, we were reflecting, our headlamps were reflecting off the taillight of the car. We were walking up to the vehicles when this happened and both of theirs blacked out and mine stayed on. And that was, that was uh, kind of unnerving because we felt like we were being followed the whole way out anyway. So yeah, was, there uh, a couple, <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on followed out. I can go yeah. in the whole but <laughs> well, John, I think we're going to have to have you on a second time, man. I think yeah. There's a, you got a whole bunch of stories. 
we're definitely gonna have to have you on again. Well, it's ongoing because uh, there's more investigations going on. So, yeah, <laughs> more rock throws. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have any more? Probably not as active as that, but do you have any good spots in Georgia? Um, in Georgia, yes, I know. I can take you to. Don't don't, don't say them on here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I could take you to one, two. <laughs> three let me see that one that one that I can take you to three spots four spots in Georgia where you're going to have pretty good activity um, one I can take you to you're going to have aggression probably get zapped uh, if you're susceptible to that yeah um, I know one spot that two different times we've gone through like a time warp kind of thing. Lost well, time. Been, I was with you on the one of them. The one you're talking yeah. about, Scott? Yep. That was that same night with the headlamp issue. Yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, I think we'll avoid that one. Oh, no, come on. <laughs> I'll take you there. Um, uh, but that's just in Georgia. Up here in North Carolina, I've got um, <clears throat> a spot where – Wife and I, somebody reported rocks getting thrown, so the wife and I went and investigated in broad daylight, uh, and we saw a rock that was probably about two feet in diameter come crashing through the treetops. And I went back a week or two later in the same area, heard something parallel to me, and of course I yelled out, you want something to throw at? Here I am, you hairy bastards, and heard a whistle, turned to look to the whistle and got hit in the back of the head by a small rock. So not so not all your interactions are good, huh? They're uh Oh, that's the first time something's been negative. Yeah. We well there was a time in Alabama when we do what? Do you have any idea why that would be? Was there anything different about that area? No, I think I provoked him. I told him to throw the rock at me. Okay. So you got what you asked for. I got what I asked for. Okay. We had the same we had the same uh, aggressive activity when we went uh, and investigated in Alabama and <laughs> and um, we kind of pissed them off because we me and John and Glenn Williams all wandered around in the woods all day and and kept their kept them awake. And the last night we had a big old plan and they came to us in the campground kept us active and crazy and raised hell all yeah. night. So we kind of pissed them off and we asked for it. So, yeah. But overall, I mean, <clears throat> I've never, I've been growled at, been bluff charged. Um, there's a YouTube video, Michael Hill and I, where one growled and took off running. Um, but as far as there's one spot in North Georgia, um, you have to walk way down in there. And several times I've been zapped and that's where I've got on audio. We stepped up onto the, we call it the front door. And as soon as we stepped there, one let out a yell above us, one yet out a yell below us. And then Cody's chimed in. And we just got this feeling to get out of there and 
heard that we were having to crawl under a tree and heard that loud thump. But when I went on the audio, it was like, get out of here, run, something like that. Really? Man, that's weird. And that was that was the same that same area we've uh had them follow us all. <laughs> Scott wasn't there and Glenn's probably laughing about right now. We walked most of the way out and it's a what would you say, Scott, down to that field? It's about a mile and a half downhill to it. Yeah. We walked most of the way out, four grown men butt to butt. Really? Looking in all directions. Mm. Jeez. That's a long walk to do that for. And yeah. That was that area. I don't know what it is about the family group that lives down in there. They're aggressive. Well, that's uh, that would make me. There's not much that makes me feel very, very uncomfortable, but real narrow kill zones like that. That's uh, perfect ambush style. You know, plus being aggressive. I don't know about all that one. Well, well you have one thing you have to realize, and John's taught me this, so it's Glenn and everyone else. Um, when you're in the woods, it, wherever you're at in the woods is a kill zone for them. They, they can take you out anywhere they want. Oh, yeah. You know, you know it's, yeah, it's how you, it's how what you, it's what you perceive in the woods <laughs> that makes you feel safe, but you're not. If they want you, they're going to get you. And if, if they're, they're, they never have been. Every time I, they've, they've scared us, but we provoked them. But they have never done anything to the extent that, you know, I've, I feared for my life to, the, to that to that point. Right. But I just, you know, in the back of your mind, they can get you whenever they want you. Yeah, that's kind of but, something you just have to just accept when you do this, that the like you said, there's not, there's no way out. It's not like you're going to outrun them. No, Mm-mm. you know, you're in their world. Yeah. They know you're there. The moment you walk into the woods, it's their home, right? They either trust you or they don't trust you. They, if they wanted to do you harm, snap of a finger, you'd be gone. And if there was a group of you, the person behind, they'd never know what happened to the, the person in the end. Y'all would be poor just Scott. walking along and somebody would disappear. Yeah, poor Scott. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's gone. <laughs> it, <laughs> like I said, it's that one spot, been zapped down in there twice. Not fun. Um, But the, I know several good spots. Like I said, three or four good spots in Georgia. And I've got Three good spots up here in North Carolina. Yeah. There's a couple in Tennessee you got as well. Yeah. So. I got the one spot where I met my wife. That's a real good spot. And then I've got Mm -hmm. the other one where, and this is another story for another day, but we got chased out of the woods by a 14-footer, and we saw him with white light. All right. 20 feet behind us. Stop right there. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to hold that one. I yeah. said that's another story for another day. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll set we'll set uh we'll set a time to have you back and uh and continue because we could I've told you guys oh, and now our our audience knows that 
the, the these experiences could be talked about. We could just keep going. Yeah. We need to borrow some shine, but you know, um, you know, <laughs> but don't happen. Don't happen to everybody right now. <laughs> one thing, like I've taught Scott, is to pay attention to everything. Look at, yep. watch the ground. Look for structures. Structures can be as small as two sticks, the size of a pencil, on up to trees a foot in diameter. Pay attention when you're out in the woods. Listen for the birds, animals. Nine out of ten times when they're around, the other animals go dead quiet. Um, you you start to learn. And you get a sixth sense of what's going on around you. I can, I, I know it's weird, but I can feel when they're around. I know when they're yep. around. Um, and Scott will usually, Scott can vouch for me on this. If I say, Scott, there's one over there, we'll head that mm-hmm. way. And soon there, we'll, yep. get, we'll get activity. Oh, yeah. They're over there. Um, and for the new people wanting to go out, Go out with people that you can trust. Don't go out with somebody that's going to haul butt and leave you there by yourself. Part, that great, can advice. Turn, great advice. That can turn bad because if you're there, by, they're not going to hurt you, but they're going to make you, excuse the term, shit yourself. It's probably going to ruin a good thing, too, if you, <laughs> you wind up being by yourself in that situation. Um. <laughs> just and find an area don't have 10 different spots you go to find those one or two spots and just go there on a regular basis and uh, try gifting gifting with rocks uh stuff shiny rocks they love shiny rocks uh don't and, and i i do this and scott knows i do this I call them hairy bastards. I've got an aggressive approach. If I see one, I go after it. I don't run the other way. Nope. Scott and I, in one spot in Georgia, we and Steve, we follow that one for God knows how long. <laughs> He'd stop and we'd catch a glimpse or hear him, and there we go again. But that was where the area where Scott said, he's talking about the rocks on the trail. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that particular area, I also was GPS and structures, and I was up to like a hundred structures within a half a mile radius. Good God Almighty! But that's another story too. That's, that's a, another. That's story. another another good long story. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, <laughs> when you go out, look for ground disturbances. Um, tracks in Georgia, North Carolina. Our sand, our dirt is not good for tracks. A lot of times you see it um, when you're looking down at it, you don't see it, but if you stand back and you look at an angle, it's plain as day, no ifs, ands, and buts. A lot of times in the leaf litter, you can feel the impression. You can see it. Camera doesn't know justice. And 99, I've only got two tracks that were castable from Alabama. They just happen to be in the right spot at the right time. But casting a track in our area is very hard to come across. It's not easy. Yeah. The um, the, the track, the tracks uh, <laughs> when I was with Angie, when we went through the swamp over there, 
when I showed them and they looked down, you took pictures down, it was very hard to see. But if you stood back, like John just said, and look at an angle, you would see them. And it was the same when Hank and I found that little track area over in our happy place. Same yeah. thing. You got to look at them at an angle, and that's once you find the first one, you'll find a trail. Yeah, yeah. They also they will belly crawl. They'll do the spidey crawl. Don't get me started on that. That's creepy as hell. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, they very very quick or very very slow. They don't make a sound unless they want to. But it's the same thing with the deer. I'm sure y'all been in the woods and seen a whole herd of deer come across and not make a sound, then have one deer come through there and it sound like a whole herd of cows coming. Right. Just start, you start learning to listen to rhythms in the woods and you'll hear stuff out of rhythm a lot of times. Um, I don't know. It's just weird. I've learned over the years to listen with my own ears, pay attention with my eyes. You'll see something out of, out of whack. You'll hear, and I call it sick animals. It'll be, whether it be a bird, an owl, but it sounds like something trying to mimic pretty good mimic, but there's something different about it. Yeah. <clears throat> in daylight, they're not just nocturnal. They're they they're out in the daytime, especially uh some of the areas I go. The like in North Carolina up here, the juveniles in broad daylight they they'll throw rocks. They'll whistle. Um that popping noise, I'll get that on audio. And I don't know what, I guess it's their communication with amongst one another. Um, I've heard them actually talking. I've heard them mimic vehicles, saws. Um, I was in that spot in North Georgia and Glenn and I heard what sounded like a truck with a backup alarm going up the side of the mountain. And we were probably a mile from the road. Good Lord. And that same that that same spot in North Georgia, you could hear them hitting like taking their big giant flat hand and smacking a stop sign. Yeah. Smacking, smacking it. There are no stop no street signs whatsoever anywhere in that area. Well it's Scott, to give you an idea of where we were with the backup alarm. Yeah. Where you saw that the first red eyes, we were way up yeah. in there. Oh, and wow. it sounded like a big truck going backing up. You know, you'd hear the motor, but you could hear the beep, beep, beep. No, there's no there's roads. There's no up, roads. Going yeah. up the mountain above us. Mm. That's crazy. Well, well, I think we should um, definitely invite John back for another another round. All right. Yeah, John. Uh, First of all, we appreciate it. And secondly, you're definitely invited back, and we will schedule that around you. Yeah. I, you obviously have a lot more to share. And, we, <laughs> <That's it. laughs> and, and I personally appreciate the 
what I, I can't stand talking to researchers that they seem like they're holding something back. Mm-hmm. You know that. You know we want to be we want we want to be able to get out as much information as we can. You know that's a, by working together. That's the only way we're going to get to the bottom of this. And I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you. You know, sharing all that and uh, being willing, you know, not spots, you know, nobody's going to share spots, but, <laughs> but uh, information, man, I appreciate it. Well, I, I will say this. Any, I was nervous about doing this because Scott knows every time we, Scott's been with me and had stuff happen and everybody's, oh, it's a bear. Or they don't believe me until they're with me and something happens. That's right. Um, <laughs> But I'm willing to take anybody out if they want to go hang out with me in the woods. And that is a, that's also a rare thing to find too. You know, that's, uh, you know, if we don't, if people don't start, if, if you're not involved in doing this and have not seen any, any of this stuff yourself, all this stuff sounds like it's just crazy that there's no way all this stuff could happen. And yeah. then you realize that, look, people are telling the truth and these things are really going on. And all you got to do is learn it and you can experience it for yourself. You know, you just got to take a chance on listening to people and trusting people. You and know, so. something I've noticed, <clears throat> a lot of people have had experiences and they didn't know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They didn't know the sound that they heard. They didn't realize um, when something was parallel on them and they stopped and it stopped mm-hmm. what it was. They also didn't know, and I'm, I love stick structures, and it's killing me that up here in North Carolina, there's, there's some, but there's not like there was in my Georgia spots. But a lot of them don't realize when they see a stick structure that it is a stick structure. A lot of people don't know what they're looking at. Right. And I'm not saying every tree falling is a stick structure. No. But when you look at it and you've got stuff coming in from three different sides or jammed up in a natural and it's something bigger than a person can do. You know, yeah. But once you, once you're taught what to look for and to listen, and you and you start to see it and find it for yourself, your eyes are open, and you it start to recognize. Yeah, it starts the rabbit hole, and you start seeing stuff that you never saw before. It right. was always it was always there, and then you can start coming hanging out with the deranged gnomies. That's right. <laughs> Do I, we're we're, Do we're I a small. We're a small group, but we are the gnomes. This is, uh, and I will say this, you either become part of the group or you walk away saying, what the hell is wrong with those guys? <laughs> oh, yeah. We had way more walk away shaking their head than have joined. <laughs> Sounds like a good time to me. Oh, yeah. Well, cool, guys. I think yep. uh, we're going on about an hour and a half to wrap it up and, uh, Definitely have you back, man. Thank you, John. 
You're welcome. It took a lot for me to come on here and speak about this. It really did. Well, well, I know, uh, I know you, I know you, I respect you. I've learned from you and the other guys and, uh, I'm glad you finally, um, we finally got you to somewhere where you can share your experiences because there are many and I've experienced many of them and I know that I know they're, you know, le legitimate good stuff here. Yeah. yeah so, I need to, I really need to write a book. <laughs> you, you could <laughs> easily. I, I mean, that's, that's a lot of experience. Uh, over a decade's worth of experiences like that, you know, that's man, that kind of information just it would just really help people in general, you know. And uh, and what he's what he's talked to us about here for this hour and a half, hour and fifteen minutes, um, is 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 just a quarter of what he's experienced and seen. <laughs> a so, tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Well, hey, maybe we'll have a part two and a three. <laughs> Yeah. And I will say this. If anybody has any questions or want to ask me anything, just message me. Where, uh, message on Facebook or you want to, you got a, well, you may not want to give out a personal email, but how can people get a hold of you if they want to talk to you? Um, Facebook. Just Facebook. Okay. That, I mean, that's really the easiest, easiest way. I hate typing emails. Yeah. Um, just Facebook, and if we really get to talking, I'll give my number to them, and we can talk over the phone. We're I, good. I, I tell you what, that that audio clip, uh, the first one that we played, where it said your well, where I thought it said your name twice, that's that's pretty eerie. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's incredible. Got, We're gonna have to figure well, out how to post that link. I've got. <laughs> Close to a thousand audio clips. Jesus. Wow. Um, if you know anything you, from howls to wood knocks to that knocking noise to um, me yelling out, you hairy bastards, it's me, and then getting the wood knock response. So here's a good one because Johnny posted this uh, the other day. Have you ever heard of something that sounded like, you know, the witch, the wicked witch of the East, you know, or, or what? I mean, just the Halloween witch sound in a the cackle. woods. Like, yeah. Cackle. No, I've never heard that, okay. but I've okay. heard, I kid you not. And I've got it on audio from uh, Alabama. One would come up to the recorder or my phone. Cause I was using both as audio. 30, 40 feet from us. And it's, you could hear it sniff it, and then you could hear a almost like that predator clicking sound. Uh, um, yeah, and I've got that, that clicking really. sound all over North Georgia and up here in North Carolina. It's almost like a, I don't even want to attempt to do it, but a, but yeah. slower, almost like a click, 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 click. Huh. Uh -uh. Um, but I've never heard the. Yeah, uh, we watched Arnold deal with that. Yeah, dude, that's a, that, yeah, that's when those those three red dots hit you, boy. You're you're done yeah. for. Um, <laughs> Man, that's just crazy. But I mean, 
I've that I've heard that audio all over. I've caught it in Alabama, Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee, mm. and then that that light clocking noise that you can't hear with your ear, but it's all over the audio. Yeah. Um. Different howls. <laughs> um. Do you, have the, uh, do you have the samurai chatter? Yeah, I did, and it got lost. I actually, Glenn Williams and I got Samurai Chatter on audio in North Georgia, and I had it on my computer, and my computer fried, and I lost it. Hmm. John, anytime you you feel like posting anything, you can post it on our on our page. It's not we're not we're not going to steal it. We definitely get the credit for it. But if you <coughs> put something out there, man, you can post anything you want anytime. But of course that goes with anybody most of the time, but you want to get stuff out there. We'll put it out there for you. Uh, yeah. I, I wanted to say something when y'all were talking about gifting food, doesn't seem to work. They don't seem to touch it. Um, food. No food. I've tried apples. I've tried, uh, peanut butter but you find a good shiny piece of quartz and they'll take it hmm. well it's probably because they know they've seen it they know what it is they've probably held it I wouldn't imagine they trust a lot from us yeah you know well, that's something they can recognize and they like and that's what they go for yeah but uh, you know some regions don't have quartz. So if you yeah. take quartz take quartz into some areas to investigate and you put it out there, that's a that's a specialty item right there. Yeah, that might blow their minds. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. good man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. We'll wrap things yeah. up and and get with Scott, and we'll uh we'll do it again. Yeah. I definitely want to get out with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on here, John. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone. Signing off. All right. See y'all later. Good night. Have a good one. Good night. Good night.